Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. Anybody a Hank, Hank Jr. fan? Hank Williams Jr.? I can't imagine Chicago. Okay. All right. Favorite song of mine, Family Tradition. You know what I'm talking about, Pat? You know what I'm talking about, Family Tradition. In it, he sings something, uh, you know, I think maybe he's relatable. This is one verse. Lordy, I've loved some ladies. I've loved Jim Beam. They both tried to kill me in 1973. That's clever. When that doctor asked me, son, how'd you get in this condition? I said, hey, sawbones. I don't know what that means. I'm just carrying on an old family tradition. He talks about in the song how he just sort of continues his dad, Hank Williams, the greatest, the Shakespeare of the hillbilly Shakespeare. True, great songwriter. <laughs> his dad died young, too young, drank too much. And he's kind of talking about how he was kind of continuing on that family tradition. It's a fun song. It's a serious song in a sense. And it's a sad song. And maybe you know what this feels like. Maybe not this. But what sort of family traditions do you carry on? Got some good ones. Good habits you get from mom and dad. But there's other things that run in the family too, aren't there? I always ask uh, newlyweds. Or, or premarital counseling, one of the questions I ask them is, what, what's, give me, tell me about your mom and dad. And it doesn't matter if they're divorced or, or whatever, but what's that relationship like? And I ask that because I want them to sort of inspect how they learned how to love one another. Because that's really where we do. We carry on how to love each other from what we see and really what we inherit and it's going to be self-reflective. And hopefully they maybe learn some good things from mom and dad. But they probably also learned some bad things of what not to do. And that's okay. Because that's how it goes, right? It's a family tradition. It runs in the family. We all have these habits. I, I remember I was, uh, the first time Henry my oldest got in trouble. Um, uh, he was standing on a chair, something rickety or whatever, and, and uh, uh, it's the first time I, I really bought into original sin. So he's on this chair, you know, and I'm like, get off, you know, you're going to hurt yourself, please get off. No, nope. not even a budge. So I say it again nicely, kindly, lovingly, you need to get off that. I said get off that, you know, getting a little stronger, not a budge, just staring right at me. And finally, for kind of the first, you remember that, parents, the first time that you had to kind of bring some punishment in and just they're crying and you are like, oh, okay, this kid's stubborn and, and has an evilness to him. This is not, a, <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, you're born in sin. This makes sense. And I remember thinking like, kind of, you know, like, where does he get that from? And then you're like, oh, yeah. I was, and when you have kids, you start realizing, man, at least I did, like, what was my problem with my parents? <laughs> like, I was kind of jerky the whole time. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching. 
And you just realize, like, for no reason, just like, boom. But that's humanity. And, and not to blame mom and dad, but you inherit it from your parents in some way or the other. Maybe it's not stubbornness, maybe it's something else. But sin runs deep, it runs in the family, and it's deeper than an external behavior. You see it right from the get-go. Adam and Eve basically rebelled, really basically wanted God out of the picture and wanted to be God themselves, the first sin, right? And then Moses tells us that Adam had a son in his image. And guess what happens? The first kids they have, Cain kills Abel. Where'd they get that from? I wonder if Adam thought that for a second. And then he realized, oh yeah, me. The family tradition of humanity is not good. We pass along bad behaviors. We model it badly. We look at, we we inherit it, but also just innately and deeply a certain self-centeredness goes through the families of humankind from the first family to every group, every ethnicity, every language. But not only bad behavior, but strange enough, you actually pass on death if you think about it. You can do the tests, right? Genetic testing to see if you're predisposed to this or that. And that's good because it can make you see maybe I should do this or that, preventative. But at the same time, it's like, what will you discover? And you don't need to, I'll, I'll give you a free genetic test. I don't even need to take a test. You will die. And you inherited that. It runs in the family death itself. Abraham is on the scene here, just like you or me. I don't think he was some kind of great human being, especially sinless. He didn't escape the traits of humanity. Probably a sinner, probably frustrated with life, probably living to survive, thinking about number one, collecting stuff, trying to get ahead. The cycle of dysfunction that all families have, he was in, and God found him. Out of nowhere, in Genesis chapter 12, no reason, here's that, here's uh, Abraham. And he comes to Abraham, and what does he say? He says, go, right? Leave here and go, and, well, let's read it here. And I will give you... The, I will give you just a second here. Go to the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who disowns, dishonors you. I will curse and listen to this. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis chapter 12. This is really a big deal. In you, Abraham, all the families, very important, not just your family, Abraham, not just the Palestinians, not just the Hebrews or the Canaanites, but all the families, which is both, as we understand it, family, but also we can use it biologically, right, in the sense of like all ethnicities, 
will be blessed through you. I'm going to change the families. What runs in the family of sin and death in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What happens? Sometime later. Now, of course, he's saying this to who? Abraham, who is 75 years old at this point, his wife is medically barren, let alone beyond the age of childbirth. And so Abraham listens to this, and he has to really walk in faith. Not just in a sense of like God will provide, but he's going to do a miracle with my wife. And he goes forward. And he has Isaac miraculously to the surprise of Abraham and Sarah. Isaac has a child and has Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel. Israel has the 12 sons. You know the story. And eventually, a son of Abram, of Abraham, is born on Christmas. Coincidentally, on Christmas. No. He's born, we call it Christmas, And Jesus is born, the son of Abraham, the son of David. But this child is born without that genetic condition. Without sin. And not only that, does not. Is that obedient child. Gets off the chair when dad says get off the chair but more wonderfully, loves his neighbor as himself, obeys his father, not just to do this or that, what we would expect as normal duties as a son, but to lay down his life. Christ takes on our flesh, humanity's flesh, the son of Abraham, Abraham, and perfects flesh and mortality and joins our family. This is, this is huge. And I talked about this in Christmas time, actually, as well, right? He joins your family, your messed up, dysfunctional family, as if he came into your crazy family reunion. <laughs> and all the crazy parts of your family, whatever they are, and you all have them, and your secrets, and your skeletons in the closet, and Jesus shows up, sits right at the table, because he's a part of it. And doesn't disown it and doesn't disown us. But instead, lays down his life for family members like us that disappoint disappoint God regularly. And in Christ you are forgiven. And that's why Jesus, that's why Jesus tells Nicodemus this. You must be what? Born again. Because you are born originally through your mother into sin and death. And that's empirical. First of all, it's obvious. So how do you get saved? Well, it's not a matter of patching up your family tradition. You're you're running through your family, your genetic condition, all these things. It's determinate. It's fatal. And there's nothing you can do about it. Even our behavior sometimes, it's like it just runs deep in us, doesn't it? That's why Jesus says, you got to be born all over again. But that's the good news. That's free. That's a gift. Instead of telling people to fix their lives up, 
and fix their situation. Instead of Jesus being some sort of role model that shows us how to be better, he does it all for us. And then in baptism, he tells the disciples, right? Go and make disciples. How you baptize. You're born again. All over again. You're given a whole new DNA. You are connected and united to the risen Jesus. You now will live forever. You are part of a good family with good genes and a righteousness of your brother who is Jesus, who you get to share. It's yours. It's counted to you. Like Abraham even. It was counted to him in faith. He believed God's promise, didn't know what that looked like, and Moses says that counted as righteousness. Not that Abraham was good or did good or made, or made he didn't. He, made, he did some dumb things. But he was righteous because he believed in God's gift of righteousness. You are sons and daughters of Abraham, as, uh, as Paul says very clearly, in that you have been, gra- you've been adopted and brought into the family. And all families have been given that. And this is powerful. As you look at your life and you hit some dysfunction, we have dysfunction in our lives, in our families, in our relationships. It's really, and this is my goal this whole, this whole Lent season, it's okay to say you do. It's okay to say you inherited bad behaviors. It's okay to say that you've, you're scared of death. Because you can look at what you have in Christ. Forgiveness, eternal life. You are part of another family. And this family lasts forever. Hold on to that. Enjoy that. Remember that every day, your baptism I am part of Christ's family. I am forgiven. I will rise again. And may that empower you to act like a person who's a part of family's God for the benefit of others. In Jesus' name, amen.